Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. We are back fresh off of a Super Bowl weekend. A UFC Vegas 86 weekend. I know everyone was, uh, you know, they didn't watch the Super Bowl. Uh, they just, you know, they, they, their, the weekend was over the second that Jack Hermanson and Joe Pfeiffer got in there and took care of business. I'm not being serious, but I'm just glad that we have a big uh, fight card, big, you know, just moments and something can happen next week because these last few weeks have been really dull, dull, dull in the MMA and honestly in the combat sports space in general. But my name is... This is Matt McSweeney. This is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. I'm joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling? Did you enjoy the fights uh, at all? I know, I know Tia Fimo fought one to a little bit of a controversial decision I've uh, been seeing online, but what were your thoughts on the uh, action from this past weekend? Yeah, there wasn't, um, there wasn't much action, I would say. No. Um, there was an LFA event, I think. Nobody really crazy in that one. ACA, did anything happen did there? No, the, I didn't send this really to you, but did you see the video of the Russians uh, fighting three-on-one? Or I don't know if it was even <laughs> Russians, but I just assume every crazy shit that I see is Russian. Yeah. And yeah, he, he choked that. all of them out. He, he submitted them all separately, which is insane. <laughs> they, they would stop the fight and re-stand it up. I was like, this is this is awesome. Uh, we need more of this in America. We might as well do that at the apex over <laughs> what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, the fights weren't great. I mean, the boxing... Um, the boxing card was not great. Teofimo Lopez put on a snooze vest um, and then, you know, started making excuses and, and complaining and this and that, you know, that Typical Ortiz was stuff. running. We'll, we'll definitely get into that a little bit. There's not much to touch on. I mean, the card was pretty good. There was a couple young prospects who were able to shine. But, um, yeah, I mean, just a, just a non-action weekend. And, you know, we, we thought it was going to be a decent little – a decent little something, at least, but yeah, there's only three guys who landed triple dig- triple digits of significant strikes on this UFC card. I'm sorry, two guys. So, um, just yeah, not not really anything. And we're crazy. starving it's, for something, man. We need something yeah. to happen. At least it's Taporia Fight Week. We're getting a new champion. Yeah, and well, um, I can't wait. We will def- We'll have a full breakdown of that that entire fight card later on this week. I mean, right now, like yesterday, the big thing was that we were hearing we might hear the UFC 300 main event during the Super Bowl, which you would think in that case, oh, it's going to be something big. But then nothing happens, of course, because how many times have we been blue balled over this main event? And I think it's honestly ultimately going to be disappointing, whatever it is that that's what I just tweeted out. I just saw a tweet that was and you saw the same thing, the report from like Ariel Hawani or something like that. That's. It's going to be either Bilal and Leon or Leon and Chemaev or Chemaev and DDP. It was, but Chemaev can't fight in the state, so it's not going to be Chemaev. So yeah. I, I don't understand. Or Adesanya and DDP was another. Or I saw. I, I don't know. I, I, it, either way, I just think it's going to be disappointing. It's probably just going to be Leon and Bilal like we had originally thought and everyone had kind of speculated on that that was the fight that they were going to do. It's going to be disappointing if that's the actual main event, but I mean, two hundred was a, had a disappointing main event. So it's just we expected this. It's just a shame that Dana keeps trying to hype this up, and 
talk about this or that or you know how great this event's going to be and it's it's going to have some good fights it's going to have it's going to be a good card it's just not going to be the level that he has in you know in some ways tried to build it up to be it's just not yeah not going to live up to that yeah a lot of people are thinking it's supposed to be a generational card best card ever just because it's i don't know i'm just i'm here for the multiple cards in a row that are going to be good 298 going to be good 298's prelims are amazing if you look at the very beginning but i mean you know josh quinlan danny barlow that's not going to get anybody uh, out of their seats I don't think. I mean, I don't even really remember Danny Barlow. Yes, I do. I do remember Danny Barlow. His nickname is Left Hand of God. Actually, I'm excited about that fight. <laughs> if you remember Left Hand of God, um, when he put that dude Raheem Forrest out yes. early, and then Josh Quinlan was the fellow who, um, I guess he, he had a bunch of first-round knockouts before he fought Trey Waters. So something's got to give, I guess, in that. But either way, 298 should be solid. 299 is going to be insane. Hopefully we can keep that together. And 300 is going to be good, I, you know. Uh, they have a lot planned for this Mexican Independence Day card at the Sphere, right? Yeah, I don't so, know. Is that going to be the one in crazy. February that they're doing at the Sphere? Yeah, I thought so. At the very, is it at the end of the month? I don't After 298? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's... Yeah, I, 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 I guess. I, I saw a lot of tweets about that yesterday, so I don't know. Yeah, if, I heard him on... Um, on McAfee, you talk about that... Uh, but Mexican Independence Day is in September, so I don't know if that's what... They're it's, like it's, it's angling towards. I guess it's something else then, right? It's not some sort it's of not event, that. right? I don't know. I, it, either way, I can't wait till they're at the sphere. It appears that it's uh, Flag Day, Dia de la Bandala, Bandela. Nice national holiday, in Mexico, dedicated to the flag of Mexico. So that's the twenty fourth. I mean, they have a sick sure. flag. Flag Day. Yeah, they do have a sick flag, but I guess that's there's a whole thing happening for that, and um, I'm trying to see if it is. It says Arena CDMX. Is that the sphere? CDMX. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that means. But they got some big plans coming. At least uh, we have, what, 10, 11, 12 weeks straight with uh, with fights. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still excited. I know a lot of people are not. <laughs> it's it's definitely um, the UFC needs to start recovering their image, I guess, if you will. I mean, they also have the, the lawsuit coming up in April, which is when 300 is going to be. So it's going to be a weird... It's going to be a weird summer, I think. Weird next couple months for sure. Yeah. I was just in the middle of taking a sip of that, Bev. But I, 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 I'm I'm kind of just over the I, – I, I was so excited about this, and now I just don't care about 300. Like, when 300 rolls around, I will be excited because, like I said, great fights and everything. But I had thought maybe we would get a sort of real cool – maybe a return, uh, you know, from McGregor or something. Like, I don't know. Like, it, the more this went on, yeah. I felt like – they were trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat, a McGregor Diaz, you know, I don't know, like that. those kind of fantasy booking sort of things that you do, but it just never, we're not even really close to that. Not even, Two even more, more, more in the realm of possibility, maybe a um, Poetan and Adesanya 205, like that would be sick, and I would yeah, get excited about that. Now, uh, you know, we're going to end up with Bilal and Leon Edwards, and it's a, just a, a regular pay-per-view main event now. And that's- I will say, though, the prelims being filled with – because there's four fights on the main card, it looks like, and I, I heard Dana say he wants to add two. So I'm guessing the, there's the main event, and then I'm, I'm like, expect – everyone's looking for the main event. I'm expecting, like, a, a solid main event or main card fight that nobody really saw coming. Like, you know, I don't know what, but just something crazy where that can kind of yeah. help – help uh, 
you know, mind the gap bit. between yeah. the main event being shit compared to, you know, from what everybody's expecting. But I'll say uh, the, the prelims having, you know, Kater Sterling, Bo Nickel, Figgy Garbrandt, uh, Bobby Green, Jim Miller, Kayla Harrison debut, Diego Lopez is back. Like, that's that's pretty solid, but, you know, I think a lot of people um, a lot of people are just down on it. So, As they would say, he kind of see. booked himself into a little bit of a corner here, and yeah. he just, it's, he's running out of options, he's running out of time, and we're going to have, I mean, I think this, by the end of this week, I would have thought that last week, though, but I think we got to find out some way, somehow, we got to know, and I think... It is Bilal and Leon. I would imagine that whoever it is, like you said, I think you said this last week. They're they're training. You know, like people already know about this. It's just we don't the public know about it. So, I guess hopefully see. soon enough, we shall see. And now, Ty, we get into UFC Vegas eighty six from the Apex this past weekend. Joe Pfeiffer and Jack Hermanson. What are you clicking around with over there? I, I keep hearing some, some sort of... Yeah, there's some sort of clicking going on over there. I don't know what's going I don't on. Hear, is it still going on? Uh, no, it's good now. It's good. I didn't do it. <laughs> it good. wasn't me. It's good now. I don't know. Maybe I'm just tripping. Jack Hermanson, five-round unanimous decision over Joe Pfeiffer. It, this fight was kind of the, the tale of two different fights. The first two rounds were all Joe Pfeiffer. Not, I guess not all, but he... Had control of the octagon, was landing with power, and was, you know, just establishing his dominance and controlling the octagon. And then, the longer the fight went on, the more it led to Jack just taking over. Pressure, pace, kickboxing, leg kicks, all that sort of stuff. And that vet lesson that we were fearful of wound up coming to fruition here against Joe Pfeiffer. Looking back on it now, it looks like it had this... Would have been a perfect three round fight on a main on a main card of a pay per view for Joe Pfeiffer because he would have won. He won the first two rounds and and lost the last three. He would you know he would have won a twenty nine twenty eight decision and and gotten out of there with the victory. But it was a five round fight. It's not how it goes. You don't just get to pick and choose. And he, they knew what they were walking into. He just kind of you know got vet checked and, and got got you know got got maybe a little bit of fraud check too. You you, you just. Yeah. He's just not there yet. So it's going to take a little bit of time and he goes to kind of to the, you know, kind of restart to the not necessarily the back of the line, but he's going to have to fight a couple more killers to prove himself to get back into a spot like this cuz this is a huge spot right here and it just he came up short. It's unfortunate, but it's a good win for Jack Hermanson. Yeah, really good win for him, especially, you know, starting starting down 2-0. I know there was a lot of um, expectation that he was going to continue to win, you know, win the next three. But still, to actually do that, it's, it's tough. You're fighting a guy who's really tough, uh, very young. Jack's kind of had a, a weird road, <clears throat> and but this keeps him right in the middle of the thick, of, you know, right in the thick of things at middleweight. Um, so that's good. Um, he did. He, he was he was really able to just catch like, um, you know, he he never really caught. Joe Piper's shots, uh, you know, at their best, I guess. You know, he kind of, um, he bl- he did really, his, his striking defense was awesome, I'll yeah. say. Um, <clears throat> you know, his head movement just kind of, you know, catching the shots at the very end of it, uh, you know, not taking any big, big hooks. He, he was eating Real high jabs, guard. But yeah, the light kicks, he started to check eventually because they were, you know, Piper was throwing some light kicks. He was doing pretty well with them early. And then um, I think he, yeah, he, he was kind of matching him first couple rounds and then eventually 
he stopped throwing them because he started taking them. Yeah. He hasn't really checked them. We, we talked about that before. And, um, yeah, it's huge, man. And his, his, his overall offensive game is not very diverse. I do like Pfeiffer's jab. I do like some of his movement, especially early. Um, I wish he would just fire the straight right instead of, like, a right hook. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, get there quicker. He does have speed. He does have quick hands and power, but he just doesn't have – it's not all – together yet and he's super he's super super young and super inexperienced so this is just going to do well for him going five rounds with somebody like jack romanson it's going to be a very good lesson for him and it's not like he gassed out uh horribly i don't think it's not like he got knocked the fuck out it's not like he was getting beat up i mean he you know he had he had some cuts for it, it looked like he had a cut on his collarbone and then and then his eye and then his two on his nose uh he started getting beat up a little bit but towards the end yeah yeah it wasn't a lifetime beating it wasn't it, it was just a very good loss i guess I, I hate to say that because it kind of sounds lame but i think it's fair. It, it was a good loss yeah i think it was a good loss um we'll see what he does next time i think they need to give him a nice a nice step down for sure maybe a late notice fight against you know somebody to save a card somewhere but you know we talked about it also before this is a huge step up so you know maybe they maybe they rushed things right maybe some something they sure. did with Strickland when Strickland fought a boost and it was like damn a boost in the main main event of a five round fight against Sean Strickland all right we'll see how that works and uh, i think this was just another case of that so um yeah i don't think joe's done i think he has a, a pretty solid all around game he has good guys in his corner um but it, it just wasn't his night yeah i i think you said it perfectly it's just kind of just a li- in a little bit over his head, and we didn't. You don't really never. You never really know until the fight happens and you get to see it with your own eyes. You can uh, posture and hypothesize and do all those different things and guess, but you truly don't know until it happens. Because had Pfeiffer gone in there and knocked him out in the first three minutes, everyone would have been saying, "Wow, this guy should be fighting for a title." When he shouldn't be, because it's obvious that. There's some holes in his game that need to be fixed, and he's not there yet. It's unfortunate, but it is a good win. I don't want to take it away from Jack. He Jack looked good. He he looked durable, like you said. He was you know he's taking the shots well. It wasn't you know he's kind of rolling with them and wasn't you know on the end of those punches to kind of eat the brunt of them. And I am with you with that <laughs> Joe Piper just throwing too much looping stuff. It's kind of the T- you know, tail as old as time with uh, fighters coming up who are in love with their own knockout power instead of just, you know, plodding forward and throwing those straight shots right up the middle. He is always looking for that one-hitter, quitter, knockout blow. And fighters that are on the level of Jack Hermanson have had 30-plus mixed martial arts fights. They are prepared for that kind of fight and see that kind of puncher probably in the gym all the time. So it's just... If you're not able to land on the end of that and find that shot, then it's going to be a long night. And it wound up being a long night for Jack, or I'm sorry, for Joe, that is. And I guess we'll see what they do next with everybody involved. I don't know really what's next for Jack if he goes back to kind of just staying in that top 10 gatekeeping position or if they move him up to, I don't know, fight. It's kind of the the middleweight divisions in a little bit of a holding pattern. So maybe... You give him a Kayo Bahel, Bahel or something he, like that. Or... He called out Imabov, right? I think that would be a good fight. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was, it, I it would be. be. It would be. Um, I Hopefully think, not a no. main event. Yeah, but I think they would. You know, they love to put 185 guys at the uh, main event of Apex cards, which nobody wants. Nobody in their right mind wants this. We'll see what happens next year with a new TV deal, but 
2024, nothing's going to change yeah. uh, when it comes to these Apex cards. So, you know, that sucks. It's unfortunate, but good win for Jack. Don't want to take that away from him. And, uh, Joe, it's not the end of the world. I saw, I mean, a couple of people in my group chat were like, he's just not that good. I'm like, well, you know. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. I, yeah, I guess that's yeah. fair, but you're actually. He's younger like, than us. Yeah, but this is the mistake, though, that we make in, in the MMA world and just the gambling, especially. We see that and we go, oh, well, he's he stinks or he's not that good. Yeah. And then the next time out, when he fights a, for example, Chris Curtis, you know, you're instantly going to fade him against Chris Curtis. But it's like, well, he could. He could catch Chris Curtis and yeah. you know get him out of there. It's just a, a conversation that just you know this is why we love watching the UFC. Ty, I didn't actually go over our stats for this past week. I did want to go sure. over that. Let me grab the sheet real quick. Give me one second. One second. There you go. That's a dramatic second, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I am back. Uh, I went Mark three and three. <laughs> What's up? Back. Is he really? Mark one. Yeah, he's back. Well, not Breaking back in UFC. News. Octagon with a K. He's going to be in the co-main event. Uh, it looks like February 3rd. I believe that already happened. but um, It did. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I see I see the, the day and the month. Are, uh, okay, oh. a little dumb. So March 2nd. I got you. Perfect. All right. We'll be there. I will be there no matter what. How about we? I went 3-3 three and three plus .95 units. So I would say that's a good night for me. On the year, I am 10, 18, and 1. I am down one unit, 1.2 units. So, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we tell you, do not look at our win-loss record. I caution you to not judge us off that because we are taking some heavy props on this podcast. And it's that that does not tell the whole story. You, we'll thir- be back. 13-7. Hey, no, no, I mean, listen, we're, we're just getting started. I don't think it's actually, I mean, compared to what, if people were listening to this podcast last year and knew what we went through last year, then you would know this is you know this is a walk in the park. We are just getting our feet wet. You went thirteen seventeen and one. You are still up on the year plus two point two five units. You went three and six this week. You went down two units. Uh, what really killed you was Petrosian, uh, unfortunately, with a double yeah. whammy. The first double whammy of terrible. the year, and it goes downhill. But let's keep it moving. Let's run through this card real quick for the people. How about Dan Ige knocking Andre Feely? Uh, seemingly from his consciousness. Well, one more right. punch to follow it up to kind of yeah, say, <laughs> thanks for coming, dribbled his head right off the canvas. Yeah, thanks a lot, Herzog. Yeah, Herzog a little late getting in there. Uh, wanted to give Feely a chance to be a warrior, but it was a little touchy, too yeah. late. Andre Feely got knocked out, was thinking of thick Latina women as he, no, I'm just I'm just messing around. But, as was I. Yeah, but good win for Dan Ige. I wish we would have taken it on the card. I had it uh, in my private life, a little uh, TKO plus 300. I don't know how the number was that high, but it's just, you know, this was uh, this was a fight, though. We talked about it before. We just didn't know what we were going to say. So that's why we were, I guess, hesitant to, you know, pick one side or the other or really be confidently proclaiming what we thought was going to happen. So... It's just a good win for Danny Ige and uh, Andre Feely. It's it seems like that's what somebody tweeted out a, a meme of whenever Danny Ige uh, his numbers on the line for his ranking he turns into like Kobe or Shaq. Like I was like it's it's literally true because every yeah. time he's like the ever since he's been ranked is like kind of the back and forth sort of you know five hundred not necessarily five hundred fighter but. You know, he lost three in a row. Then he won two against Damon Jackson. Landweir loses to Bryce Mitchell last time. Comes back out, 
takes care of business against Andre Feely. So uh, Actually, that's a good point. Uh, remember, he lost after he lost to Julio Arce, knocks out Mike Santiago in a minute, loses to Calvin Cater, knocks out Gavin Tucker in 20 seconds, yep. goes in that three-fight lose, losing streak, knocks out Damon Jackson, took him a little bit, um, loses to Bryce Mitchell, knocks out Andre Feely in about a round, half a round. So, yeah, I, I, that's very true. He, he has good bounce-back performances. How long will that go on? Not sure. He didn't take any damage no, in this he, fight, but you just know he's getting older and older. But yeah, man. I mean, listen, earned his earned up to his nickname, right? So 50K. good on him for uh, for for doing that and getting that getting that fifty k bonus. Great win for him. Uh, tough to see Feely get knocked out like that, but it's not. Yeah, it's, I like him. It feels like it's not the end of the world for him. He's just gonna bounce back and. He's not done necessarily canvas. done yet. Yeah, he's well. I hope he does. I hope he doesn't bounce <laughs> up off the canvas. Uh, just, just get up, uh, please. Just get Andre. up. How about how about Ehor, the duelist? Really, just proving us wrong over and over and over again. He says the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast is his biggest haters, and we might be. But uh, uh, yeah, but like... who knows? Uh, listen, maybe maybe Robert just wasn't that good. You know, he gets. I think he got thirty twenty seventh across the board. He just he actually he got around from Chris Flores. Uh, there you go. For, uh, for some reason, there was a lot. There's a conversations, uh, some conversations all over the place about judges here. We will get into later on during this uh, card he breakdown. Got the, um, he got, I guess he got the, um, I guess he got the first round, which I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really agree. With I didn't really that. understand much, but uh, I guess that was the closest of the three rounds. I mean, he didn't do shit. Yeah, I guess that was the closest, but um, got dropped in the third, Mr. Yeah. Brichek. And yeah, I guess, you know, just not right. Honestly, just probably not UFC he might caliber. If you can't, yeah, if you get beat by E or Potiera, Potieria, especially that easily, I mean. Yeah, it wasn't really uh, that close. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. He, he's not a young guy. He's in his, you know, mid-30s, so. Yeah. I'll say it now. We got I'll say it now. They, they are going to feed him to some murderer next, and that's it. That's yeah. We are we are. It's time to cash, it. brother. Please cash us in, cash us out. If they give him, we'll get into him. That gentleman next, but yeah, Brechik is not. He's not him. It's that. That's it's. Uh, I'm I'm good on that. I'll lose money one he's time on him. I am not betting that again, and I'm not betting you or Potier. I don't care how good this guy continues to look. We I might refuse. be able to fade him next fight. Oh, uh, for sure. I mean, he was moving down. So maybe he stays down, or maybe he goes back up to fight somebody better and bigger. You know, Brichek's pretty small. I don't even know if he's six foot. So mm, I think I think maybe there's a chance we can we can um, fade the the duelist eventually. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm always looking for an opportunity to fade the duelist, and anytime I get the chance, I will continue to take that opportunity. How about RoboCop? He looked great. Well, I will say he looked great, but he did get he got tagged a couple times during this fight. Started doing the chicken dance at one point. Did not look good, but he's durable, and he was lowering the boom on Brad Tavares, who took the shots well for a long period of time. But eventually, they found his way. He was throwing knees. He was throwing those straight rights that just looked so so powerful, so technical, and it it just. It looked ugly towards the end, and they, they he just slumped into a, a kind of a heap on the side of the uh, on the side of the octagon, and that was it. RoboCop cashes out our inside the distance tie. What a good win for Mister Rodriguez! Yeah, thirty one. This is probably 
probably the prime of this his life, it. of his career. I think, um, yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge win at the very end or the very beginning of the third round too. Um, over a tough guy. I mean, how, how many times has Brad Tavares been to finish in his career? I think, uh, well, five now, but it had been a long, <laughs> it, it, felt no, like it hasn't. Okay. Yeah, he just has been durable. I yeah. guess is that he is. Yeah, okay. I, I, for some reason, I thought that was only the second time after Bruno Silva, but I did. I forgot about uh, Edmund Shabazian, Robert Whitaker, and Tim right. So, yeah. So, um, still, still a, a very good win for for Robocop. He's got two in a row now. Dennis Tolul and Brad Tavares. So, you know, a, a big step up from that bounce back win. And um, I, I believe he's ranked right. I think there's a should be a number next to his name at least in the coming months, in the coming days. We'll see. We'll see. I think he should probably get a top 15, top 20 fight next. I mean, dude, I wouldn't even mind seeing him against Joe Piper. I, I know that might be a little yeah. much for Joe to bounce back from, but, you know, why Why not? Why Why slow play it? Um, he's Robocop again. He's 31. This site is just not. Who would you pick in that? Is. I'd probably pick Robocop, unfortunately. I, I mean, he's big. No, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's. He gets hit easily. Under one and a half, if I can get it at anything under minus 300, I guess, would probably be the move. Yeah, I would would do that too. Um, Maybe Robocop gets uh, Roman Delize. Maybe he gets him. Maybe he gets uh, Paul Craig. Does he have a fight? He'd kill him, I think. Yeah, Kyle Bahio. Who knows? We'll see. But either way, that was a good win for Robocop. And uh, it's our boy, so can't wait to see what he does next. Who would you take, Brad Tavares or Brechik in a uh, three-round fight? Brad Tavares. Do you think so? You think he'd finish him? Um, probably not. N- probably not, but yeah. he'd definitely win. All right. Just, uh, just, just a little curiosity. Just a little, just cur- a little curious booking. Uh, middleweight booking. Yeah, just you know, a little, 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 like little shoulder strikes MMA booking real quick. How about middleweight fights? How about Michael Johnson getting a unanimous decision victory over Darius Flowers? This fight was really boring. Uh, I-, I watched the whole thing. It's left with really nothing. It's just kind of... Played out exactly how we thought it was going to going into it, and that's just <laughs> all I can went. really say. <laughs> it yeah. almost did a 180 and it, went the other way, it did. which we also thought could have happened in the third round. I think Flowers hit him with a knee or something. Yeah. <laughs> he started getting wobbly. We're like, oh, no, Michael, yep. don't do this again. And then he was able to um, really work his wrestling uh, in. So good on him knowing what he had to do and what, it, you know, what was there to do. I mean, yeah, out-wrestling Darius Flowers not easy or not hard, so... He was able to get that done, but I agree. Not not a very um, active fight. Not a very um, enthusiastic or exciting fight whatsoever. Most of the guys, they were just they were. Flowers was going to the leg. Michael Johnson was going to the body. That's that's what they were pretty much doing each. They they landed a combined twenty six head strikes. So not not great. No, not exactly the most exciting barn burner of a fight and we keep it moving how about Adolfo Vieira with a arm triangle first round arm triangle submission over Armin Petrosian this one hurt me it hurt you double this hurt Armin it hurt Armin yeah the, I'm sure his neck was bothering him after this it, it, this uh I don't want to even say it really was an eye-opening kind of fight it's just exactly how Adolfo Vieira has to win fights but I will say the takedown was a little too easy, and the easy, yeah, and the ease in which he held him down was really concerning, and it kind of, uh, I, I would say, stalled or halted my, you know, love or the hype train that I, you know, my my personal gambling train that I have on Armin Petrosian. So I will probably be 
uh, taking a leave of absence from uh, gambling on Armin Petrosian fights, or at least betting on him during a fight because I will say Ty looked good early on. You know, he was controlling the octagon, landing leg kicks, landing those little jabs, but he looked a little stiff. I just... I don't know. Something about it I just didn't like. Uh, it, it's you kind of had a ba- I had a bad feeling the longer the fight was going on because Adolfo wasn't really getting pushed or really getting hurt or you know really wasn't even sweating all that much. He just kind of seemed like he was chilling and yeah, yeah. I mean, Armin did good on the ground for a while defending himself, but a couple the the he fed him that arm triangle at the end of that round. I don't yeah. Don't understand how that happened. He, but. You make one, one or two little mistakes on the ground against somebody who will make zero mistakes, and that's the fight. It yeah. doesn't matter how much time's left. You know, he had a couple seconds left, and I was like, "All right, we're, you know, he's kind of holding steady." And then the arm triangle just it worked its way in, and I was like, "Oh man, I, I don't think we're making it." This last twelve seconds, he might go out. It looked like he might have went out. Uh, he tapped, and then he said he didn't, but clearly did. did. And um, I think that was Adolfo's fifth triangle, arm triangle. Four in the UFC, so you know that's, that's his move. That's his go-to. I mean, if you can't keep a guy off you, uh, if you can't at least have your grappling to an average uh, level, then it's over. It's pretty much over. Yeah. So, well, I mean, and he has to do it early. You know, if you can drown him, if you can get him to the deep waters, maybe y- you can uh, combat that gap in jujitsu and be able to outstrike him. But that's, that's pretty much what it what it is with him. I mean, we said it before, but going forward. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how they match him up, see who they throw at him. If you got any kind of like fluffy Hernandez, you know that was a perfect, perfect opponent to to beat um, Adolfo Vieira. And the fact that he submitted him was crazy. But um, yeah, that was just a, a dagger that I honestly didn't really see coming. Yeah, it's I don't know. I just left this real like I don't want to say sad, but just disappointed. Uh, that I, uh, I mean, I guess I I have to stop just blindly fading Adolfo Vieira. I guess that's kind of one of the things I learned, and also I just have to, I don't know. I just I thought more of Petrosian. I thought he was going to be able to defend himself better and not kind of panic. And like you said, he just made one or two mistakes on the ground, and that's it. That's that's just kind of how the fight goes. And twelve seconds left on the clock, and he couldn't get to the uh, buzzer. It's it's unfortunate. But how about? Carlos Pratis, Pratis. I, I didn't. I still don't know exactly how you're supposed yeah, to say that. Things Pratis. This fight, uh, I didn't leave this fight thinking that uh, Pratis is the uh, <laughs> the next 170 champion uh, of the world. It's these guys. He was get, kind of getting out out kickboxed by Trevin Giles for portions of this fight, which I'd say that's somewhat concerning. But yeah. he's so long. And those knees were explosive, coming right up the middle. He was landing them on the body, especially when he was going for takedowns. He was, you know, obviously aiming for the head. It seemed, but he was landing heavily on the body. So I, I you could see the reaction of Trevin Giles would back up sometimes and be like, "Wow, what the fuck, man? That yeah. that shit hurt." And uh, eventually, what did him in was that straight piston down the middle left hand that just knocked him out. And uh, good on the ref to get in there and stop that. I don't even know who the ref was, but it was Mark Smith, Mike Beltron, Mike Beltron. Wow, wrong. how about how about big Mike coming back to big avenge Mike himself, doing a good job <laughs> getting in there after he was letting somebody get killed uh, a couple of months ago. So there you go, yeah. good win for Carlos Pratis. Yeah, Trevor Giles and all of his losses has been finished. So that's definitely definitely an issue. I mean, this one he was he was winning easily. I mean. 
He outstruck Pretez 35-24 in the first, 35-14 in the second. He landed his significant strikes at 66%. Pretez 51. Um, uh, yeah, like you were saying, 41 of 49 to the legs, 67 of 70, uh, 67 of 100 at distance. He was just dominating and controlling and doing yeah. what he needed and what he wanted to do. And then he just couldn't stay out of the way of Pretez's straight left. Like you said, a piston coming in hot. Right down uh, he definitely has that ability. To, to do that, pray test does. But yeah, I'm not, I, I'm with you. I'm not really on board. It seems like he, he has a style that guys can, will be able to figure out. And he's only, he, I say only, he's 30. So I don't think, um, I don't think he, uh, he also has a lot of fights. So I don't think his ceiling is that necessarily high. Surely he, he can definitely improve and whatnot. Maybe, uh, maybe, you know, his UFC debut being Trevor Giles isn't the easiest opponent in the world. Um, no, I agree. A huge, a huge jump off from Mitch Ramirez, the guy in the contender series. That guy stunk. But even that fight wasn't great. The first round didn't go that well for him. So I, I feel like he's going to be a knockout or bust kind of fighter, which is fun. Uh, I just, I just don't know how highly I rate him at this point. Yeah, I, I don't at all. Uh, it's not like you said. I think he could probably have a better performance next time out with it not being his UFC debut. I just more look at it as when he gets to the to the next level of competition. That's not Trevin Giles. He's going to be in trouble, and something something really bad is going to happen to that guy in one of these fights. I don't know who's yeah. going to do it. I don't know. You know, I don't know when. I don't know how. I don't know where. But something bad is going to happen at some point, and he's going to get cleaned out. And I hope money goes into my account when that happens. So that's it's the unfortunate thing. I, really, I was thinking about this when I'm betting football <laughs> last night, and I'm like, yeah, it's a football game. You know, people going back and forth trying to score points. Like. When we bet UFC, I'm literally rooting for a guy to get brain damage and get <laughs> separated from his consciousness so that so that green enters my account and yeah, I, I so feel I good about it. 22 bucks. Yeah, I have a big uh, a happy meal. <laughs> literally, you know? yeah, like um, this is great. I can't wait. You know? yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Brad Tavares, for struggling and and developing some uh, long term health issues. Yeah. Now I can have Chick Fil A. Thank you um, for free. Yeah, for free. Thank you for the Chick Fil A, <laughs> Mister Robocop. How about Bellagio Oki? Is that how you say this gentleman's name? Bellagioki. Bellagioki. Yes. I'm getting. You know, I'm not doing too bad. How about yeah, how about better. him getting a split decision victory over Timmy Kawamba, who it was Timothy. Now he's Timmy. So that's that's an interesting <laughs> change in this situation. It seemed like the judges were a little mixed up on that. Chris Lee. What, what what round was it? The the third third round, right? Yeah. yeah. Mike Bell. Mike Bell's the only one. Or no, you're right. It was Chris Lee was the only one who. Did not give the third round to Oki. So I guess I'll ask you, Ty, do you agree with that? And do you agree with the decision in general that the right person won this fight? Yeah, I thought he won. I thought he won one and three. I think two he probably lost because he just didn't do much. The striking was kind of even, really. And then uh, Timmy was able to get a takedown and have a little bit of control. So I think that might have been his round. But round one, he dominated. Uh, he was throwing that jab pretty well. He even got a takedown. Bellagio Oki did. Uh, and then round three, he was kind of doing uh, a little bit more. I mean, his volume uh, or his accuracy was was very uh, inconsistent. His volume was in- inconsistent. His overall fight was very inconsistent. 39% yeah. land percentage for Oki. It's not great. I mean, he has a good jab, but a lot of fainting, and, and that's pretty much it. You know, I was very disappointed uh, by his lack of leg kicks. I think Kwamba had his, his calf right there. I think, I don't know if it was... I don't know who it was. It might have been Cruz who said, I'm surprised he's not throwing any light kicks. I mean, Columbus, you know, kind of just asking for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, at distance, 
he definitely doubled him up. And um, yeah, just in general, he outstruck him. I mean, he, he pretty much just headhunts, but he doesn't even throw big shots. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird. He definitely needs needs some seasoning for sure. I mean, both guys. I mean, they both have a combined sure. yeah. They both have ten fights. So just just a, a low level middleweight or lightweight fight where I could see I, I could see some potential in both guys. But Kwamba should probably move back down to one forty five, and then we'll see uh, we'll see how Oki's striking improves he definitely has speed and power but gotta get some technique in there kawamba's last fight kind of looked a lot like this one kind of a back and forth sort of uh affair i don't know if that's his in his nature or like cause, i mean he, i see he has some tkos on his thing uh, but uh, you know they're not exactly against the who's who of talent in the mixed martial arts world so you know, three and one, four and five, seven and two. The guys he's knocked. Michael Stack. lost that decision on the contender series too. I'll never forget that. Yeah, and that's what, that's the thing. I, I like they gave him the win, but I always in my mind I'm like, you lost that fight. I don't care what anybody says. How about Luma cashing us out against Bruno Brazil? It may, you know, it's not not Sean Abandon in there, so you can't exactly <laughs> count on another Bruno Brazil uh, victory, I guess. But Luma gets the twenty nine twenty eight decision and it seemed like they were a little mixed up though as you know your boy Junichiro who we kind of default to from time to time he's the only one who didn't give the third round to Luma Luke Buname but at the end of the day we get a decision for her what do we have here what do we not I thought the third round was close oh you took Luma I I did not yeah damn I I thought Bruno could have had that plus 105 for you though yeah I'll take it I'll take it I'm surprised you didn't either but I also don't Howard. believe you for staying away. I was staying away from all of these. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we should have. We should have went oh no is what we should have done. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. We'll we'll, we'll take it. Uh, all in a hard day. Hey, I'll work, take so. my plus nine five units this this uh, week. Uh, that yeah. we, I needed that to chip away. Um, plus ninety five units. Wow, good job. Look yeah, you. wouldn't that be nice? Um, <laughs> I wouldn't probably. We yeah, probably would take the week no. off from the podcast if that was the case. <laughs> we'll take a trip to Cancun with a uh, Cancun kittle. Um. <laughs> So I think, yeah, Luma just, yeah, she just outstruck her. She did well in the clinch. Like, yeah, she threw a lot of good leg kicks. She was able to get that takedown in round one. She actually got taken down in round three. That's why I thought Bruno Brazil might have been able to to get at least that round. But other than that, she didn't. She didn't do anything. Yeah, like you said, boring fight, low out, low volume. Um, They were pretty much going to the body and going to the legs, and that's it. There was not much head hunting at all. So, yeah, another just another snoozer. How about uh, another no, snoozer? Another snoozer. And we're going to have some more to talk about. How about. A lot of snoozing. Talk, speaking of which, how about Marcin Prochnio getting a unanimous decision victory over Devin Clark? Ty, can I ask you why I thought Devin Clark was going to win a decision here and I took that <laughs> uh, on my own, you know, on my own accord? I, this is one of the fights that I bet when I was going to dinner and came out and I was like, oh, wow, it wasn't even close. Okay. Yeah. And I did <laughs> yeah, not 30, go back. 27. I did not go back and watch it because I don't think I need to see much. It's. You know, I'm counting on you to tell me that, uh, you know, what what I think happened exactly happened, probably. Yeah, you know, the same guy that got taken down four times by Philip Linz and Vitor Petrino. Uh, Devin Clark only shot twice, and he he didn't he couldn't get him down. It was it was odd. He got taken down by Prochino actually in the um in the third, just to put a stamp on the fight. It was um it was really weird. And um, not surprising if you bet Devin Clark and Devin Clark being a favorite of any of any kind of any sort is um, 
definitely a red flag in general. So we were talking about it and I was so, I was, I was waiting for you to give me the green light. I was waiting for you to convince me to take Procio in the upset. And I didn't because I, you know, honestly didn't, didn't really believe in either of these guys, but uh, yeah, he dominated him the clinch. He dominated him a distance. He went to the legs a lot. Devin, uh, Devin Clark doesn't check leg kicks for a guy who's built, you know, he's pretty, he's pretty stocky. He doesn't check leg kicks very well. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much the the fight. He was headhunting a little bit, Devin Clark, but he doesn't really have much striking. So, yeah, just uh, another L yeah. for Dev Clark. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know the status of the Roster Watch account these days. So, uh, you know, maybe you might have to look Check in other areas. Tracker. <laughs> the Roster Tracker, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if this guy's receiving death threats or I, I, I don't know what's going on with the whole <laughs> Roster Track community, but. Look out for Devin Clark's name on there this week because I think he might, the Brown Bear might be looking into the regional scene again after these recent performances. So, how about we keep it moving? Max Payne Griffin getting that decision victory for me in my personal life. Shout out to Max Griffin. I wanted to take it so bad on this podcast, but I couldn't because I just didn't trust that Jeremiah Wells wouldn't either take him down, submit him, or crack him and hurt him, which he did multiple times during this fight. So I was happy I didn't take it on the card, but it wound up split decision. I think it really could have gone either way. I don't think I had a, a, a thought that you know one person won, or I think it was 1-1 going into the third round. I think Max Griffin won, I thought. But really, again, like I said, I, I, I think you could have given it to either one of these guys on those first two rounds. I don't know. It, it really was one of them where I don't think there's it was possible to be robbed. Yeah, um, very just nothing fight. I think yeah. um, Max Griffin. Um, I believe was it was it. I could be wrong. Wasn't he complaining about Sal Diamato because Sal yes. Diamato did not give him this card right? Yeah, and um, he said that's happened to him many times before, but. Also, Max Griffin fights on just extremely thin margins yes. every fight. That's just kind of what he does. I mean, how many split decisions has he been a part of in the UFC? One, two, three, four, five. That, you know, That's insane. That, that, yeah, knocking down Tiago Alves, taking him down multiple times and still losing a split. Knocking down Neil Magny, losing a split. Um, it just It's what he does, kind of, you know. But I, I am glad he got this win. I mean, both guys are kind of just... You know, yeah. they're both older, and they're both yeah. just eh. Yeah, like you said. And uh, this fight was also eh. Chris Tanyoni didn't have to do much in there. And Jeremiah Wells, his body language isn't good ever. Um, he kind of just explodes in the shots. And that, that they were both just exploding into their in, into their shots, and that was it. They weren't setting them up. They weren't following them up. So, um, yeah, just all around just nothing. Nothing fight to really go with the theme of the card. Yeah, two older guys who, eh. That's all I can really say. It's... <laughs> Didn't really care for this at all. I, I won money, but uh, so what? Who cares? Uh, you want to talk about something I was more ha- thrilled to win money in? Guskov. Bogdan Guskov. The foreign Anthony Smith, as some people have called him in the streets. Yo, did you see they took a picture together? No. Yeah, dude, I was cracking up. They, there's a picture of them, too, like, celebrating it. Like, not, like, celebrating, but, like, in the back. Like, him just, like, the, them... Standing next oh, to each other, I, just, I like, just saw it. Yeah, <laughs> I forget what they tagged it with, but it was so funny. I shout out to oh, Gushkov. Wow. They do really look alike. It, it's actually insane. Yeah, Karen Bryant put it on her Instagram. I guess Anthony Smith has a little bit more facial hair, and that's yes. the only thing. Anthony Smith's cracking up, laughing the entire time. Also, his teeth look fixed. 
So there, uh, you know, there's that. Shout out to uh, Veneers. Shout out. And if I had the money that that guy had, I'd do the same thing. Why not? Yeah. Especially when yeah. you're. Well, I mean, he's still fighting, so I don't know if that's the best move. But hey, he should be done. Uh, he should Put him be on the desk. Definitely should be. But that's he's that's, pretty good uh, in the role they have him in. I, I actually like him in that role. I think he's a great analyst. I really do. I don't know if he would be a great commentator because I don't. I think he's just a little too methodical in in some ways. Yeah, let's try him out, dude. Let's try him out and swap out DC or Cruz for but for once. We, I think D, Cruz is starting to get on my nerves a little bit. We, I know I was talking him up. But, yeah, I think yeah. he's kind of a. Uh, those two are similar in the sense that they're very like analytical and methodical, but. I think you would have to switch them in and out because, like you said, like Cruz will just get on your nerves eventually. He just talks too much, says too much dumb shit, and you're like, all right, I need a break from you. A couple weeks of listening to DC, and then you're Almost, like, all right, bring yeah. Cruz back. Yeah. All right, I'll, 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 <laughs> I actually like uh, Brennan Fitzgerald a lot. I, don't know I do too. He, he's never going to really get the the shine because well, he's in the John Anik B role, you know, but with John Anik talking about possibly hanging yeah. him up, doing football, I would love John Anik, John Anik to do the Super Bowl. Over uh, Tony Romo, that's for sure. To get to get Anik and Brady doing the Super Bowl, come on. Oh man. Um, so you yeah, know, maybe that attack. happens. Yeah, I, I, maybe that happens. Maybe Anik steps away in a couple of years. Maybe he's the first big domino to fall. You know, because there's a lot of guys who have been around the UFC for a while. I mean, when's Dana White going to walk away? When's uh, Buffer going to walk away? When's when's Saudi Amato going to walk away? When's Ron McCarthy going to walk away? Is when we re- Ron's when we just really get started. Know. He's yeah, that's good. So. Um, we're even, what are we, what are we doing again? Uh, Guskov, great win. Zach Pauga. Uh, I think we, we had this, we, we were, we were sharp on this one. It was just a matter of time before that unorthodox striking found its way home. And yeah, he, he put him out pretty bad. That was good. It, well, I, it, like we said uh, in the lead up to this, it, the matchup and the level of competition, Guskov fighting Uzdemir last time out and then dro- dropping all the way down. To Zach Pauga is like okay, we this is yes. They're kind of trying to get get him a get right fight and get him back in there because Pauga is not a UFC fighter. He was on the Ultimate Fighter and he you know he was he was there, but he should not be here because again, it's not even about his losses. It's the fact that he could not finish Jordan Wright, and I will never let him live that down because everybody else has finished Jordan Wright except him, and that's that. How about Hyder Emil? This is one of the first times I'm seeing this guy. You know, uh, I'm just kind of getting used to this gentleman. Absolutely jacked, I. I mean, this guy is a unit. He is not young. You know, he's not. He's an older gentleman, but he is huge, huge for featherweight, and he killed Fernie Garcia. Fernie Garcia got the beats put on him in this fight. An easy TKO victory for him. It's a shame you had the decision. I thought I thought that was a good bet, but it it, it just looked like maybe we underestimated the meal a little bit. Yeah, I actually like him. He's, he's explosive, man. He, uh, like I said, he reminds me a lot of. Was it him that reminds me a lot of Carlos Condit? Or um, I think he not, said not something him. though, or Paul, like some uh, sort of Costa. Gilbert Melendez. Yeah, Gilbert, Gilbert Melendez, Melendez. That's what it was. That's who he reminds me of. And <laughs> this fight was definitely reminiscent of a Gilbert Melendez fight. I mean. He mixed in a little bit of wrestling, right, just to to show that he has it in the first round. And in the second round, he was like, fuck this, we're, we're going to war. And he almost got uh, dropped uh, by Fernie, I believe, in the first round. After he dropped him, he almost got dropped. And then they went to the ground. Fernie reversed him. And the, yeah, it was it was a back-and-forth-ish, even though he was pretty much landing the better shots and dominating. But Fernie hung around a little bit, just not not long enough. 
Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at I'm already looking at the next fight. Uh, I just this Yeah, Fernie's pretty that's four in a row now. His only win in the UFC was on the contender series against Joshua Weems, who um I don't believe is even around anymore, is he? No, and uh, like we talked about last time, that that Nakamura loss, not the Nakamura loss, but the Brady High Stand loss, the right. Journey Newsome loss. Although they were unanimous them, decision, honestly. it was like, yeah, exactly, they were bad, but it's like, oh well, he survived. You know, you know, this one, he took a ba- a bad beating in this one, so maybe it might be time for him to hit the roster watch with Devin Clark and figure out what's next. So how about Daniel Marcos and Arichi Lang ends in a no contest? Unintentional groin strike. Unfortunate. Daniel Marcos was putting the beats on Arichi Lang here for good portions of this fight. It's, uh, you know, it was a weird. There was a couple of the groin strikes. There wasn't just one, I believe. And it just. It's, multiple. Anything. Yeah, they were going there was back and forth. Pokes, poke, was, poke. Yeah. Jason Herzog at one point was like, all right, the next time one of you fuckers does something, I'm taking a point. This yeah. is enough. He actually did a really good job, I thought, Jason Herzog. He's the best when it comes to shit like this. Um, neither guy speaks English, so he was able to just, uh, get, get the translators in there and, you know, make sure there wasn't any stalling or any kind of anything. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think Arichi Lang honestly just didn't want to go. No. Is, is what I think. I think he just didn't want to continue. I mean, uh, it he's, seemed like he's taking a lot most of, of, most of that kick landed on his thigh. Also, he's the one who jumped. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to blame him or say he quit or was finding a way out. But, yeah, he was getting his ass beat bad. I mean, Daniel Marcos looked really good. I like his striking a lot. Um, it's it's It looks like it's come a long way since even just the Davy Grant fight. Yeah. But, uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, his wins have been very low level. Brandon Lewis, Simon Oliveira, and Arichi Lang. Arichi Lang's tough, and he's, he, he swings hard and hits hard himself, but um, he's just not very good. I'll say Davy Grant at least is, is, is well-rounded, pretty good all-around, a little old, but – yeah, we'll see what Daniel Marcus has next. He's undefeated still. That's something to watch. I mean, that was going to have to go eventually, right? So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I will say we were kind of uh, not detractors, but we were a little hesitant and kind of questioning Daniel Marcos's legitimacy and things of that nature before this fight. This did uh, did a great job of quelling or kind of calming them th- those thoughts down, thinking maybe he is a little legit because, like you said, that striking. Looked it looked good. It looked sharp. It looked quick in this fight, and I'll be curious to see who they match him up with next. I don't know if they would run this back. I don't think this is really worthy of a run back situation, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm. It's just unfortunate. I hate when they, we get no contest on here. I'm just glad we none of us had anything here that we didn't get screwed I, on. Yeah, if only we would have bet no contest. Yeah, that would wouldn't that be sweet? How about Dan Ige getting fifty k? Like we talked about, Adolfo Vieira getting fifty k. Pratis getting 50k for his knockout of Trevin Giles and Bogdan Guskov getting 50k for the boys. Ty Tiafimo Lopez takes a questionable. Uh, was it unanimous? I don't even know if it was unanimous for, or for yeah, a split. It was 115, 113 twice, and then 117, 111, which is absolutely. Um, I'd like to hear your extended bond. thoughts on this fight because I've I've heard a lot of different people. I've talked to some people, but I'd like to hear what you think. About this fight because you were excited about this going into it. Yeah, I um, I think the, the the time off is really what kills him. It kills boxers a lot. Um, it had been on. Um, I think you're supposed to fight in December, which would have been a nice four month, uh, six month bounce back after the Josh Taylor fight. And the Josh Taylor fight was really good. Um, and that was after it was only like yeah, it was six months after he beat Sandor Martin, uh, which was a, just a couple months after he beat Pedro Campa. 
but it was a long wait from Cambosos to Compa. So he, he always takes these time, this this time off all the time. Even the Cambosos fight, I think, it was a year after he fought Lomachenko, uh, and he lost to Cambosos because he takes these extended breaks. And also, you just never know. You, you keep getting different, uh, different versions of Teofimo Lopez. He only has twenty one pro fights. I feel like that's something to notice when guys win fights titles earlier in their early earlier in their career um i feel like you get a little bit of um inactivity they're they're, they're much less active i remember floyd fought i think one time was it 98 fought like six seven times in 1998 and then he won his first title and then he's you know eventually started to slow down volume wise or um activity wise and i think that's something to note. you know he's 26 teofimo is he only has 21 pro fights so you do get a lot of inconsistency from him, and it's it's tough, man. It's really tough to see. I mean, dude, there was only one round. I'm sorry, there was only three rounds of the 24 combined. If you if you you know 12 each fighter, there was only three instances where a fighter landed double digit strikes in a round. <laughs> Two were in the 12th, but they each landed at 15, and then there was uh, the seventh. Teofimo landed 11. Uh, meanwhile, if you look at Keyshawn Davis and Jose Petraza in the co-main event, Keyshawn Davis. Uh, now Jose Pedraza moved down, and he's very washed up. But that—that that was T- Keyshawn Davis's tenth pro fight. He went 14, 19, 43, 28, 19, 16, and just beat the brakes off of Pedraza. Finished him in the sixth. Teofimo went four, four, five, five, three, six, eleven, six, three, eight, eight, fifteen. That's just—that's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic. You're supposed to be one of the best in the world. You're supposed to be. All action, you're supposed to be this and that. Uh, Jab-wise, he landed 12 jabs in the fight. One jab per round on average. That That is completely pathetic. I think Keyshawn Davis, again, I don't want to compare them necessarily, but I, can, I believe Keyshawn Davis landed 35 jabs in only six rounds. So I don't really know what the deal is. I, I, I'm sure we'll come out, we'll find out tomorrow that uh, Teofima broke his hand at some point, right? That's always such a good excuse to lay on. I remember Floyd, he used to break his hand every fight, but he oh, would always yeah. say, oh, you know, that that's why it wasn't a great fight. That's that's why. Um, and a lot of guys do that, but Teofimo was actually outlanded by Jermaine Ortiz. I don't want to, you know, let Jermaine Ortiz off the hook. He also fought a pathetic fight. He was, he, he did a lot of running. Uh, Teofimo described it as running. I, you know, it's easy to say that, you know, especially when you're just going to chase some guy around, you're not cutting off, cutting off the ring, you're just chasing him in circles, right? Um, both guys put on a pathetic performance, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, it's just, just, we need Teofimo. Why didn't he fight in December? He turned down a fight. Remember, he retired that one time for a yeah. brief period of time. It seems like when boxers turn 25, 26, they decide to retire. Shakur Stevenson just did that. So, um, he had such a good chance here. He had such a good opportunity to really put himself in the limelight, put himself, you know, introduce himself to some, uh, some other fans that really, um, you know, don't know it. I mean, this is prize fighting and he's not really, you know, who, who's going to, who's going to put up a big purse for him to fight somebody, you know, after a fight like this, I mean, nobody, nobody. I, uh, very disappointed. I will say, um, by, by, by Teofimo's, uh, just lack of volume, lack of want, lack of will, lack of push. Um, yeah. that was on Thursday, right? That fight. So, yeah, uh, a couple days before this week, so it wasn't on this weekend, but, it uh it didn't set the week up it set the weekend up to be a boring um combat sports fight or weekend I should say so yeah I, I, he's very talented but 
Yeah, it wasn't a good he's sign not when this happened. He's, yeah, no, he needs more seasoning. He needs uh, he needs to mature. He needs to grow up a little bit. He's still only 26. Um, it's not that I don't think he's that good. It's just, you know, he hasn't developed his skill set. So I, I, by the time he's 30, I, I think is when we'll see the best version of himself. Get a couple more fights in there, but I, I don't know. Truly, it's again, it's every other fight is just a different version of Teofimo. Yeah, uh, that that's what it seems like to me as the casual boxing uh, boxing fan in this conversation. I don't. He's one of those guys that I tune into, and this fight I actually forgot was happening. And then I think it was like twelve thirty that I turned it on. It was like the last couple rounds, and you could just see. I mean, the main round that I was really paying attention to was twelve because they were acting like Tiafimo was going to lose the fight, and I saw the odds were very close. So you just never know. And that I just know, will never understand when a guy is running away the way Ortiz was at the end, when you don't know who won the fight or who didn't, and you're just going to give away the 12th round because I guess, what, did he think he had already won? Is it, was that the case? I, I, I don't know. I'm it's, not sure, yeah. But the 117-111 scorecard is insane. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounded insane because the odds were Hilarious. Like plus 160, minus 120. And for a boxing match... At the very end, for it to be like that, it, that I was like, "Wow, this is," I got, I got to tune in and see the end of this, and I turned it off before the end because I already knew once I saw the twelfth round play out, I knew, oh, TFM was going to win a decision. I don't know how, I don't know, you know, what the number is going to be, but he won and wound up being right. Yeah. So that was Steve Weisfeld who uh, maybe needs to hang him up. Seems like a lot of people in the judging community need to hang him up, and and, and we'll <laughs> keep calling them out whenever we get the chance to. So. We have yeah. UFC 298 coming up this weekend. I am excited about that. I was just giving a, uh, I was just taking a look at it real quick. Like you said, I think you made mention of it. it looks like uh, Volk might trend towards being an underdog by the time this fight goes off. It's uh, over. The, it's the, over for Volk. I'm you, sorry. You really, you 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 are, have been a big believer. He opened as a minus 175 favorite. He's down to around minus 115. So the odds have moved heavily into Poria's favor. I think now is the time if you're going to bet Mr. Taporia to get in there. Do you think he finishes him? Is that what you're? Are you that confident in this? Um, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah, just just a simple. Uh, yeah, I, think, I like that. I think we're going to see a lot of um, a lot of improvements. We've seen a lot of improvements from fight to fight from Taporia. It's been a little bit, right? It hasn't been a year exact. It's been about eight months. I think we're going to see more crispness, crispness, more sharpness, more. Uh, just an all-around game, and I know Volk has been working with <clears throat> was it Craig Jones, right, the jiu-jitsu coach. I think Tapori, if the, if the opportunity presents itself, he's going to run through him on the ground. He's not going to be like Ortega where he's just sub-hunting. He's going to try to kill him on the ground. Elbows, shots from the back, shots from the, the – every every um, position on the ground, he's going to look for some ground and pound, try to get him to turn, and then he can throw in that rear naked choke or any choke. He likes the anaconda. He likes the mounted guillotine. He likes the guillotine in general. So uh, he had the arm triangle against Bryce Mitchell. Remember when I think D Joe Rogan and DC were like, oh, oh no, you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to go play around with, with Bryce Mitchell on the ground. Yeah, it turns out he fucking ragdolled him in that arm triangle. Yeah. Same thing they were saying against Ryan Hall. Like, he doesn't want to mess with Ryan Hall on the ground. Meanwhile, the guy only knows one thing. It's to go for a heel hook. So um, I think Tapori has made so many improvements over his career. Uh, we can go deeper into it later. Yeah, we'll save it later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's time, man. I have to call my shot. You know, if uh, if if 
If he dies, he dies. And he, he definitely has to improve his striking defense. That's the most important part because he's not, he wasn't naturally a striker. Again, I'm, I'm, I can keep going, but I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the card. Yeah. Uh, I think the main card itself is going to be awesome. It starts with Kapilov and Fluffy. I think that's going to be a, I don't even know who I got. I like them both. That's 11 a and great two and 12 and two. <clears throat> They're both hot lately. Dude, the, um, following that. The, the, yeah. yeah, those last four are incredible, dude. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. I mean, you get Marab and Cejudo. Uh, I'm not too excited about that, but now you have Marab. Apparently, he's going to have Eric Albarcine in his corner, who just got fired from Cejudo's corner, I guess. That's going to be interesting. Ian Gary, Jeff Neal. There's uh, there's storylines in that fight as well. Remember the, the – was it a DUI Jeff Neal guy? And then Ian Gary made a shirt. Yep. And um, save Sayud, not not happy. I think you're going to see a, probably the best version of Jeff Neal again. He's 33, coming off a loss against Shavkat, but he almost went the distance. I think he missed. I think he missed weight in that fight too. You're going to see a very calculated, a very focused Jeff Neal in this fight, and we could see the first L for Ian Machado, Gary, <clears throat> and then you have the bounce back of Paul, uh, Paul Paulo Costa and Robert Whitaker. That should be exciting. Not sure. I don't know who's going to win that one either. Dude, and, um, and and some of those lines are a little like skewed. I mean, you, Paulo Costa is a plus one eighty five underdog. Cejudo's plus one sixty. You know, it, Jeff Neal's plus one ninety. So you know, uh, there might be a lot of live dogs here during this next podcast. So I would Justin uh, Taffa. Justin Taffa. Jesus, I can't believe that was the <laughs> next name that came out of your mouth after all that. Uh, Amanda Lemos and Mackenzie Dern on the prelims. That's you know, Staying away from that one. Ja- is this Japanese Connor Rinya Nakamura? Is that is that what's yep. going on here? All right. How about it? How about it? After he after his illustrious win against Fernie Garcia, we don't want to spoil all of our conversation, and we will save some of that for later on this week's episode, where we will discuss this in depth, give picks, predictions, information, bets, anything you need going into the weekend to enjoy the card. So, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matt McSweeney. Hi, I'm Ty Capone. And this has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you tuck your chin.